Alright, y'all, what the fuck is up? January 2nd, first uh, business day of the new year. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Um, about 12.40 p.m. Pacific Standard Time out here. You know, Los Angeles. Back in Los Angeles. Got one week left in Los Angeles. Um, you know, reconvening with the fam. Checking in with the fam. God damn it, there's construction now. There's alley. I was trying to find a, on a, a quiet place to walk. Let's go with this alley. Hmm. Okay. So this week, you know, all right. I don't know. Someone asked me, like, bro, are you still doing a podcast? The other night, I was like, I was like, you, I was like, you know, I was like, you know. Um, and of course, I am still doing a podcast but yet somehow i feel like lately i've been coming through on these solo pods you know what i'm saying just the one hour the one hour hour ramble session no no interlocutors you know what i'm saying no no uh no guests and i was kind of like yo for real seriously which way should i walk it's gonna be actually quiet i'm actually gonna go this way um and i was kind of like I don't feel totally like the real pod, you know, when I'm not reaching out to folks trying to get that one-on-one sit-down. But, bro, like, I can, you know, I've been seeing, you know, on the on the Twitter, on the Twitter feeds, people talking about, you know, the favorite books they read last year, 2018, you know, and uh, I can think of multiple books that I've read and I just railed through, I tore up, you know what I'm saying, and like, you know, obviously you read a book, it sits with you, it stays with you. Um, but sometimes it's good to get the immediate thoughts, the immediate, the immediate reactions, the immediate epiphanies, you know what I'm saying, revelations that that book endowed you with. Because if you, if you start a book and you push through to the end, there's got to be some question you're asking that it's at least not answering, at least addressing, speaking to. So, you know, um, examples of this, I remember maybe last spring I railed through, I started reading the free sample of Scott McClanahan's The Sarah book on a fucking kindle free sample i couldn't stop just threw down rail through that bitch in like two like maybe not low-key one sitting bro rail through that shit in one sitting it was such an immediate visceral you know powering through that shit but how am i gonna find somebody you know who's also read the book in that time that's pretty uh, you know that's pretty difficult to do who's down to talk about it you know on the fly before i'm already moved on to other stuff um so, uh, I'm really just walking around these alleys just trying to find a quiet. I'm not used to doing the midday pod, you know what I'm saying? I'm usually coming through 4 or 5 a.m., having slept for two days, trying to just talk it out. So, this is this is a new active me. This is a new 2019 me. I'm out in the daytime getting that vitamin D, you know what I'm saying? But so, that's an example. Scott McClanahan, Sarah book. What other books are there that I read, railed through? Oh, yeah, Moshi Moshi by Banana Yoshimoto. Contemporary... Japanese novels. That one's on deck. Um, I could keep going. I could keep going. And the point is, these books are still on deck to talk about. But something about that initial, initial push is gone. Like, what if I came through with the hour-long lecture pod right after I read Sarah McClanahan? Sarah McClanahan. What am I talking about? Scott McClanahan's Sarah book. You know, right then and there, that would have been that would have been fucking lit. Um, same time, not trying to get too luxury. That's enough fucking preliminary talk. It's already 3:48 on the on the on the on the timer. But I'm trying to talk about. I just read through motherhood. Sheila Hetty's motherhood um, last week. 
Um, and uh, I, so yeah, I want to talk about that, that that book a little bit. I, I, it's, it's tough though. It's tough though. It's, uh, probably gotta ramble a little backstory a little more too because the thing with Se- Sheila Hetty is I fuck with I fuck with Sheila Hetty heavy. You know what I'm saying? If anyone was listening to this pod, looked at the history. I actually have three separate podcasts dating back to 2000, circa 2004, 2015, with three different people, three different women, incidentally, all about Sheila Hetty's How Should a Person Be? Over, diff- you know, three different years. I fuck with, that's, that used to be my go-to woke book, you know what I'm saying? Someone telling you, oh, what you, what you, what you, what you, who do you like, who do you like? Oh, oh you should read Sheila Hetty's How Should a Person Be? Then women are immediately like, wow, this dude's woke, bro. This is some wild feminist shit I don't even understand. You already read it. He put me onto this. So, so yeah. So I, I fuck with Sheila Heavy Heavy, but I also kind of acknowledge that when I first read How Should a Person Be, you know, there's some jarring, some jarring sexual, borderline pornographic scenes. But it's mixed in with, you know, she wrote a philosophy book with the with her friend Moshe, I think his name is. Um, the chairs where the people go. That's sort of like a like a Nietzschean, aphoristic, Socratic dialogue type shit. She reads philosophy. And she fucks, you know, and you could see that in, in How Should a Person Be. Come through with that, you know, that pornographic sexual scene, then come through with a weird parable, you know, like a Nietzschean aphorism. And then uh, also, she does really lit stuff. Honestly, what really what really made me rail through her book right when I first got it, circa, circa 2014, 2015, was um the way she um the way she incorporates uh, recorded speech because um, that's some shit I fuck with heavy I mean I'm doing the recorded speech right now as we speak but you know what I'm saying record the convos the rando convos with the homies transcribe them edit it down create something interesting um, that's a that's a unique way of going at things in a way it's almost a revolutionary way to go at, at things because you think of Writing is associated with control so much, generally. You think up the, the thing you're trying to, you know, write about. You put it down, you go back, you edit it. You know, you get it just right to convey your message as you want to. Walking by a tennis court right now, some dad teaching his son, you know, that backstroke, that long stroke, you know? So, um, so yeah, you know what I'm saying? The type of curiosity and playfulness of the aesthetic to just be going around and a lot of meta stuff where she's talking about writing her great book, she's talking about writing her great book, her great play actually, now should a person be. And of course, the great book that she ends up writing is the book about her trying to write the great book, you know? That stuff, that gets me, that gets me, man. So, um, and yeah, so as far as her her, her brand of, it's not even a brand of, I have, you know, it's so tough talking about labels and stuff. It's not like a brand of feminism, but just, she's on some real radical shit and how should a person be where, She's not. She's okay. She's a. She's a. She's comfortable with acknowledging um, the, the the kind of differences. This is potentially going down a uh, path. You know, a potentially problematic. I want to make a. I want to make a point. Never say problematic ever again on a, on a podcast. This is the last time I say that. But you know, you know, a little uh, sketchy alley um, potentially. But, but what I'm trying to say is she, she's okay, she's okay, you know, acknowledging kind of, um, and it's not like she's trying to fit it into a mold. She's just speaking from her experience, but she talks, you know, like she talks about the, um, the pleasures of being, 
not the pleasures, but like aspects of being. She's had a sexual relationship and with a partner, and how should a person be where she's almost like being dominated or what might conventionally be seen as almost being, um, yeah, I guess dominated, you know? But she's like okay sharing that and she doesn't really need to explain it. And that stuff's lit because it's not about being like, oh yeah, there are gender differences. Well, obviously there are gender differences, but we're not going to get into that discussion right now. But it's more about acknowledging the, you know, masculine and feminine or dominant, submissive or whatever. Just the different sides that live in all of us, you know what I'm saying? Enough about how should a person be. I'm going into this book. I'm like motherhood, new shit. Um, um, let's go, you know? I was going to wait for the paperback came out. Um, but uh, a friend of mine lent me the hardcover, so I just railed through that shit since I've been back recuperating back in, in California, you know what I'm saying? Um, you also note that I'm kind of, kind of rambly right now, kind of lit. Um, I've been, Jesus, dogs, chill the fuck out. Um, you know, it's been a rough month. How, it's been a, I wasn't going to talk about this shit, but I've been talking to a couple of homies and I, I feel like just, just, you know, around the new year, you suddenly get, you know, people coming out of the woodwork, connecting with the, hit me up, you know, like, like, you know, it's that kind of, it's that time to check in with people, but I feel like a lot of people, well, not everybody actually, a lot of people are doing just fine, but I feel like a few people have been going through some, going through, going through some things, you know what I'm saying? Some, uh, some, some difficulties, so like, that's why I was thinking, I was like, maybe I should talk about, yeah, I should talk about what I've been going through, because that's also, that's also, um, fueling my reading of, of this book at this point in time, if I kind of timestamp it, it probably makes it more interesting retrospectively to think back on, but, um, you know what I'm saying, just the extreme convalescence, just, just full on, you know, probably self-imposed, but, Regardless, just you know, this past summer leading into the fall, just, just uh, more and more full body inflammation. It's just like the extreme inflammation of the body to a debilitating degree, um, exacerbated by you know changes in relationships and the traumas therein. Poor diet, abusive diet, you know. I was thinking about this with food. You could you could get off. Like think about the AA, you go to an AA meeting. They 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 don't have any you know they got no 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 one's drinking any booze, no one's doing any hard drugs. But they still got that coffee and they got those donuts on deck. What I'm saying is, no matter what, no matter what drugs you get off, you know what I'm saying. Not that I was you know some crazy ass you know whatever. I think I think I have a theory that everybody. Um, at least in America, or maybe, you know, post-2016, end of 16, 2016, um, Trump election, regardless of where you stand, that's a seismic shift in, in, in a lot of ways, um, whether it comes to, um, the sort of ubiquitous, uh, female response of just being like, what the fuck? The way it synced up, you know, with the with the timing of his comments, I and mean, what the fuck did you gotta let you know? Like, 
I know a lot of, I know a lot of women are just like just not really fucking with men, you know? So there's that element because of that. Low key, low key. Obviously a lot of other stuff. Me too movement. Um, which by the way, obviously you know, I'm not gonna be a fucking woke boy and disclaim everything, but it's obviously it's obviously a good thing overall, long term effect evolutionarily working out all this shit, you know. But the immediate effects are a little now, okay, then there's then there's also, with the Trump election, there's the, um, just the element of, like, oh, this position of power is not, there's no sanctity to it anymore, bruh. This dude just pulled up in the White House. It's like a joke, Loki, which is kind of, whatever. The point is, there's a lot of, I'm not going to say, whatever, you know, long-term effects of that, but it's a lot of trauma. So, what I'm trying to justify is, yeah, last couple of years... I moved out from this spot in LA, or I wasn't living here, but drove out to almost two years ago, right after the election. You know, who the fuck is calling me? I right, call him back. Um, but um, yeah, and out in, out in Philly, you know, what I'm saying things disintegrating, things changing. I kind of dabbled in, uh, you know, a little different, you know, different types of self medication, you know different types of self-medication now that i'm now that i'm off it you know you you could be what what you're doing you're expanding your mind okay you're dabbling maybe you get some you know some mushroom therapy you know you tap into some you know some therapeutic mdma yeah you're expanding your mind for sure but you're also just creating a precedent of litness in your head oh i could be this lit Whoa, this is a new mode of litness that I could tap into. Once you get off of that, that whole, unless you do a drastic, a drastic switch up with, you know, exercise, diet, you know what I'm saying, change of place, meditation, just unless you really rewire your gut and your neurons, you got this hole that's begging to be filled. And, uh, and, uh, Yo, food will always be there. That's what I realized. Food will always be there. As like, you know, a poor man's Adderall, a poor man's, you know what I'm saying, line of blow. I don't I never fucked a blow, but you know, just as an example. So yeah, I so I, I let things get out of hand. Um been back for a month and bro, I made fun of I made fun of a lot of these new dieting fads for a minute. I made fun you know, people talking about intermittent fasting, people talking about all these keto diet, whatever. People, you know, bro, chill. We in the fucking residential. Why are you driving so fast? Um, I made fun of shit for a long time, bro. All intermittent fasting is <laughs> is not railing bullshit in the nighttime, bro. Not railing bullshit in the night. It's literally all intermittent fasting is. It's just. A daytime feeding window. When it comes up, go and if you want to stay up all night and you know do that to yourself, do it. But you're not railing, you know, saying trays of trays of cookies, just trying to hit it like it's a drug, you know, like oh, I'm just gonna rail this line of chips ahoy late night, you know, none of that, none of that. And I'm like a day four or five of that. And bro, the inflammation is going down, the inflammation is going down, my gut is getting better. Um, yeah, so just, so basically, so that's going on too. I'm, what I'm trying to say is I'm in a different place um, with how I'm looking at Sheila Hetty than I was a couple years back. This is, you know, 15 minutes in, it's a little long intro, but I don't know. Last time I did a podcast, I just, because I, what I do is I transcribe all the notes that I, that I, uh, 
like you know I'll be reading that and if you're reading a book and you're not just reading it because someone told you whatever if you if something inside you is telling you I already said this earlier but that you got to read this book you got to get to the end you got there's a question you're asking so when I when I, I tap into that question it could just be addressing a domain of a question that I have not and I'm just I'm just marking up the margins you know saying ooh that that's a that's a not that's a potential answer that's a potential you know relevant relevant little passage there I come through after you know it's a little warm up to get in my writing mode I'll just transcribe it all blah, 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 blah. type it up type them all up rail through it send it to my email now I got a little um, you know attenuated version of the book just all my quotes so the last time I railed through a lot of those quotes that was interesting it was like a lecture style but I think it's my even more interesting <laughs> keep it a little free flowing okay so back to what I'm talking about oh also I was going to say that I'm more lit right now it's because I'm on the intermittent fasting tip you know what I'm saying about two hours into my feeding window, just rail some oatmeal with some some flax, um, some sprouted flax type 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 shit. Um, you know, organic frozen blueberries, banana, sprouted almonds. You gotta sprout the almonds, bro. You can do whatever the fuck you want, but you know that's that's a good mode. You know what I'm saying? A little grass-fed butter, a little bit of maple syrup. That's the only sweetener I'm fucking with, bro. You get off sugar. Get off sugar. That's just as hard as getting off any other drug, bro. Getting off sugar. Anyway, so I'm lit. This is just all oatmeal litness right now. Um, had the one one cigarette of the day. Anyway. Um, so yeah. Okay. So to be honest, bro, I wasn't. What's motherhood about? Sheila Hadi. Um, she makes a case, you know, obviously she writes it. I love, I love that no matter how blatantly autobiographical <laughs> her books will seem, it's always marked down as fiction. You know what I'm saying? That's the wave because that gives you the freedom to explore things as an idea. But so I'm going to say she, I'm talking about the character Sheila, uh, that's writing, uh, motherhood. Um, so, you know what I'm saying? She's, uh, it's, it's, it, you know what it reads like? It reads like an interesting it reads like a really well-edited, well-crafted diary of sorts of a, of a woman, Sheila, uh, between, you know, approaching age 40, 38, 40, 39, 40, you know, the, the numbers preceding the number 40. Um, um, and uh, she's really just getting a lot of heat from the, you know, from her lady friends. You know, they all got their little babies. It's like, what's good, Sheila? You gonna come through? You gonna join the kitty party? You know what I'm saying? I don't know how to say it like that, man. I'm getting a little too too weird. Just calm down. Um, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So she's basically, uh, she's uh, debating whether she wants to have a kid. Um, and uh, so that's a basic premise. She's in a really good relationship with this dude, Miles. You know what I'm saying? I think he's down. He's kind of like, whatever you trying to do. Um, interesting premise, you know what I'm saying? The importance or the value of procreation, um, you know, family. These are things I've been thinking a lot about lately. And what's interesting is, if anything, I've kind of been pulled in the more opposite direction. I've kind of, kind of become a little more hip to the fact that a lot of my ideas about, you know, 
the importance of the traditional family, um, whether it's, in, you know, the importance of, not the importance, but like how I feel about, about whether I want to have a kid or whatnot, whether I want to, you know, make that jump to like the traditional nuclear family. I've been, I've been, I've been realizing that a lot of my sort of knee-jerk rejections of that is, I don't know, traditional or whatever, are a little bit ingrained due to my, just the circles I've been running. Like, you know what I'm saying? The more I think about it, it's like, you know, it's, you getting older, it's like, you got these ideas of what you want to do, what you think will bring you joy in life, you know? Um, you know, art, career, I guess for me it's literally only art, but for some people it could be career, it could be, it could be, uh, you know, you know, some skill you're trying to cultivate, some, some travels you're trying to get into, some adventures, you know, whatever. All these could be inhibited by, uh, by having a little one you gotta take care of, not to mention, you know, population growth, you know, the patriarchy, bro, the patriarchy, you know, all these ideas. It's kind of like, you know what, how important are all these things? Granted, I kind of got a whole complex where, like, I already done did all that, you know what I'm saying? I've been traveling around, running around for a minute. So I'm like, end of the day, you know what the idea is? I switched it. It's like, I, I hear about young young men talking about, like, um, just people talking about, you know, once they have a kid. You know, you know what I think? I think a lot of, a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, uh, struggles of the mid-20, you know, millennials, okay, let's just talk about myself, I don't even make a, a grand statement, but for me, you know, it's kind of this dilly-dallying energy, you know, it's it's a wealth of options, it's, it's a surplus of options, what am I doing, what am I trying to, I mean, even look at how I just completely face-planted health-wise over the past couple months, you know what I mean, it's just, uh, there's no discipline, you know, it's just uh, take it in whatever, you know, just eat whatever the fuck, you know, just try to make the pain stop, you know. But end of the day, you could keep chasing whatever you want. And end of the day, you know, the idea is that the only thing that really makes you, like you hear people who are recent parents and they talk about suddenly like I'm not making choices in a, in a kind of like, you know, lawn chair like oh what should I do I could do that it's just like you just do it because you got to do it you know what I'm saying for the fam and if you think of every single person and you know you think about every single person in the world and all their traumas or whatever you know what are they based off they're based off their parental their parental uh parental uh structure growing up to some degree it's obviously not all nurture but and and, you know, or even, like, fatherlessness in, like, you know, youngins, especially young men. That's the biggest, that's the biggest thing that leads to whatever, an inability to, to play the game and, you know, to, to adhere to the rules of a, of a, of a structure of work or, or, or what have you, a group. That's how you get all these alienated young men and, and whatnot, you know what I'm saying? They, they never... Anyway, so it's like with all these considerations, I'm like, bro, end of the day, I'll, you know, 
I'm getting myself right, but what it's all working to is towards having a kid. That's kind of how I felt. So, my, uh, my, uh, what's the word? My deification almost of, uh, of Sheila Hetty and her ideas, and of Sheila Hetty's writing, um, I went into it being like, bro, am I really, is this really what I, how I feel, or is this kind of more dilly-dallying? I feel a little bad not just completely, um, uh, not completely supporting Sheila Hetty's views, uh, on the pod, you know, but I also feel okay because I'm just going to turn around and go back down this alley because this road is way too, way too popping, but I did write her a fucking email after that really lit podcast, podcast with raisins, check that out, it's her random ass podcast, she posts like one episode every year, um, I wrote her a lit email, because she said in the podcast, she's like, <laughs> she, she, she said, yo, write me an email if you have an idea, I wrote her a dope email, I edited that shit, I rewrote it, went to sleep, no response, bro, damn, so, you know what I'm saying, I can go in a little bit, okay, so that's how I was feeling, you know, um, about motherhood, um, but, um, so basically just to kind of round out the synopsis, you know, it's, am I going to have a kid? Am I not going to have a kid? Um, all the different, like, subsections are based on, like, various elements of menstruation. So there's, like, ovulating, uh, bleeding, uh, uh, yeah, all kinds of shit like that. And then, you know, she's talking about her body's processes, her dreams, um, pulling on my notes right now, now we're about to get into it, you know what I'm saying, but, um, yeah, and on my last 60 pages, bro, I was like, dog, you're clearly not happy, why don't you just have a fucking kid, bro, I don't know, that's how I was feeling, but then at the last couple pages, she started alluding to issues with her mom, not issues, but her mom, her grand, going down her matrilineal line, you know what I'm saying? And at the end, she kind of, she kind of just has an interaction, I don't want to give it away, but she has an interaction with her mom, and uh, she shows her the writing she's been doing, and it fucking, man, like, it kind of, it was like, because you know what her case is? Her case is, okay, obviously, it's also different for men and women. There's sort of inevitability to women, you know, there's like the clock ticking and the pressure, the social pressure, and she's expected to be that, you know what I'm saying, to be a mother, and she's an artist, she, I, I love how unabashedly she talks about, about the value of art and the importance of art, if you listen to that podcast with Raisins episode, the most recent one, she talks about that on there too, you know, I, I love that actually, because it's something you, oftentimes I think like, I mean, I like how she does, I don't know if I, because sometimes I'm like, there's like there's like a sus element of getting getting too getting too self-satisfied in yourself the idea of yourself as an artist you know what i'm saying it's almost like in order to make good art you got to realize that art is fucking trash you know what i'm saying or it's not it's not you know the idea of you know that's a very bologna idea the idea of you know all this fucked up shit going on in the world this wild shit all these problems people are having and you know you know, all this chaos, and you're over here in your little hut, you know what I'm saying, writing, writing your novella, there's something a little sus about that, but nonetheless, 
So I guess that's my default stance when it comes to that. I like how, so that's kind of her thing. She's like, I'm going to have, I'm going to, I'm going to keep, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to keep writing, my writing. And she talks about how writing has a, um, has a, um, element where she rediscovers the joy of solitude, bruh. The joy of solitude. That's beautiful. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot. Has a lot to do with, with what I've been going through with all this, all this suddenly, you know, look, suddenly going, bro, you can't keep killing yourself. You can't keep blasting yourself with sugar and coffee and tobacco stimulants, you know, and just watch your, yourself, your body deteriorate, swell up, you know what I'm saying? Just break down. You can't do that. And part of that impulse to do that, to go, fuck it, man, is, is a sort of like, you know, dissatisfaction with being by yourself. You're kind of reaching out to these people. <laughs> Exes, what's up? Like, why? Fuck it. I'm going to just, I'm going to just rail, you know. So being okay with being by yourself, that's very important. I'm going to pull that up right now. Motherhood full annotation. I got seven single space pages of quotes, bruh. But I remember where this one is. Sorry. Um, here we go. Here we go. Um, PMS is another section. Um, PMS, ovulating, follicular, follicular. Interesting. That's another. That's another recurring subtitle of the sections. That's like follicle. That's like your. That's like your hair and your nails and shit. I think. You know. Um, ooh, ooh, ooh. Page two twenty-eight. This is another thing she does. She also fucks with Nausgaard, bro. She, she's on that, you know, she's a pioneer of this new kind of writing, this kind of memoir, it's kind of, it's kind of life writing, it's trying to tap into the immediacy of life in a, what would classically be a memoir type way, but of all the people doing that, whether it be, you know, Nausgaard, fucking Ferrante, I don't know about Ferrante, whatever, this kind of auto-fiction wave, she's really, she's really, does that make sense? in a way where you're writing with your name and you're kind of playing with a, a more direct memoiristic style, right? You know, rather than a, a highly crafted, fictionalized type type voice. So of all those people, she's really, she pairs it down. She really like creates a, you know, because the, the, the downside of that, it could be a little dire, diariatic, you know, it could, it could just, it could be a little un, undisciplined. But she, anyway, so, but she has moments where she kind of brings it back to the, to the present you know I was thinking about this idea if I ever teach a writing class if I ever teach a writing class I want to tell people I want to tell people I want to I was thinking this exercise I would do and it'd be like this be like just just think just sit just sit there and just think about think about the uh, what feels like the most urgent unaddressed memory or feeling or relationship you have happen to what the most urgent unaddressed feeling or memory you have is and just try to start writing about it in a fictional type way with dialogue and description but if you ever feel like you can't write because it's too hard I want to do exercise where you just write like it's a workout for an hour or whatever if you ever feel like you can't write you just start writing about the situation that you are in as you are sitting down to write, you know what I'm saying? To start describing the situation you are in. Um, and that's the thing that now Scar will come back to, and Sheila Hadid does is right here. 
when she talks about rediscovering uh, the joy of being alone and how writing is a practice that helps you rediscover that that okay not only okayness but joy at your at being alone bruh that's beautiful so she goes i'm sitting here page 228 this is late she's finally coming around she's like yeah i'm probably not gonna have a kid you know i might just have to just keep banging out these novels unhindered you know what i'm saying um so she goes i'm sitting here writing in order to discover the simple secret of my existence what sort of creature i am sitting here writing to discover the secret the secret of my existence what sort of creature i am you know what i'm saying so you're just trying to tap into that secret you kind of get assume a mystical mode to your writing you know you're like where's it going to take me what kind of weird caverns into my psyche am i going to tap into if i just keep going that's another thing i've been thinking as i've been running every day and eating according to a regimented schedule that's how writing is it's like um, well, I've been just thinking about writing as like an exercise, like like exercise. Like, you know, when you're running, when you're running, you don't want to run, but you just you just decide you're gonna run for the duration of the time that you said you're gonna run, or even walking. But it's more with running because you gotta push yourself. But you could slow down. If you get too tired, you could just slow down. You could almost be walking. But the point is to keep doing it. For the duration, you can do 20 push-ups. You can't decide on push-up 11. You're gonna stop doing the push-ups. You're just gonna do the push-ups. Keep going through. You might go slower. Same with writing. Just keep the fucking pen moving, bro. You could just write completely nonsensical. Like, like you know, what I'm saying like an exercise. Like I'm gonna move my hand along this page for an hour, just like a you know exercise. I've been thinking about that. But um, yeah, if you have a kind of secret shape you're tapping, if you just go along the exercise, you don't know where it could take you, bro. Um, I lost. Here we go. So, so she's trying to figure out what secret, what sort of the simple secret of my existence, what sort of creature I am. Okay, the aloneness of writing is coming to me again. The light, good feeling of being alone. The total aliveness of being alone, bro. The total aliveness of being alone. So yeah, so that's that's um that's that's kind of that's the conclusion she makes. That's 228, but around the six. But as she makes that conclusion for her life, you know, I'm gonna not have a kid. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just keep grinding. It almost feels like a little part of her wants to um, justify this decision. And maybe this is a thing I don't understand also because I don't have as much gender-based expectation to have a kid. Maybe Sheila Hetty does or a, female, a woman does. Um, you know what I'm saying? And that's when I started to, it started to kind of, maybe it's late book fatigue, you know, I wanted to finish it. Although I'm usually not like that. I don't just try to finish books, I try, you know, anyway. But I was kind of like, bro, why are you trying to justify it on some larger shit, you know what I'm saying? Um, like you do you anyway but like i just had all these passages where i was just like my marginality was just like nah nah let's look for some nas okay they said 187 187 eagle street
they said that, of course, writing was important to them. So she's talking about uh, another couple or something who are writers but have kids. They said that, of course, writing was important to them, but their children were much more important than that. I felt so put off. This is Sheila speaking. They seemed so unserious to me. I never wanted to be like that. What? You know what I mean? No, bro. Children are more important than writing. Life is more important than writing. You know what I mean? Art ain't that. Anyway, that's, so, but see, it's almost like, you know, why are you trying to send shots at other, eh, I don't know, I felt a little, I wasn't really digging that vibe that much. I would more prefer it if she was just talking about her own. But I guess she is, you know, I guess she is. Here, 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 here's another one. Hmm, that's my marginalia. Hmm. That's before I was just like, nah. I was kind of, I was getting being a little more diplomatic. Hmm. What about that? 164. All right, it's a little, okay, this is a little wild. This is a little wild. This is her speaking. I resent the spectacle of all this breeding, which I see as turning away from the living. Turning away, okay. An insufficient love for the rest of us. Oh, actually, this is interesting. We billions of orphans already living. Hmm. These people turn with open arms to a new life, hoping to make these people are the you know parents and the new life is their kid, hoping to make a happiness greater than their own. Is that what they're doing? Rather than tending to the already living, it's not right. It's not kind when everyone you look at is a crying baby and there my friends go making more making another one another new light in the world certainly i'm happy for them but i'm miserable for the rest of us for the that absolute kick in the teeth okay is everybody a crying baby in the world look at all this infrastructure we're living around look at all these this elaborate system of government we have okay it's now that's a weird thing to say now but relative to the rest of the world and to every historical government previously like look at these systems of food distribution okay you know yeah there's pesticides bad stuff but oh but it's still you know i was thinking the things in the in the past in history that people would have to do to secure enough food to get them through the winter they used to have to walk for miles to hunt, or they used to have to successfully grow grains without getting uh, pesticides, without getting, uh, uh, what's it called, you know what I'm saying, uh, um, without, without the, the crop going bad, you know, getting some, uh, what the fucking word, I want to say like infection, but I mean like a, you know, a crop you know, eaten by bugs or whatever, and the crop goes down. All this stuff people have to do just to get enough food to eat. If you if you are in America right now, and you ain't doing shit like I haven't been because I'm fucking I'm fucked up, bro. You ain't doing shit. You could still get $192 for food every month for without doing anything. That's incredible, bro. Historically, that's incredible. Okay, what I'm saying is, who created all that? They weren't crying babies, bro. There are people who aren't crying babies. And how do they get to that place? They got to a place where they had a kid 
And then they were like, okay, this is what's happening now. I got a kid, so I got to fucking grow the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I feel, I feel Sheila Hetty on her sentiment, or, you know, this character speaking on that sentiment, right? Um, but, but it just feels a little, you know, reactive, you know? I resent the spectacle. I guess I feel that, though. There is a little spectacle of the breed. But also, I don't know. It almost feels like breeding is more, like, countercultural now. Because <laughs> I feel like every, you know, educated, woke 20-something is like, and, you know, especially now. It's like, fucking having kids, bro? Are you basic? That's how it feels like a lot of people feel. So, um, and I, I feel that. I, f- I like that idea. She looks at breeding as turning away from the rest of us. We billions of orphans already living. I like that because... Yeah, people are like orphans, bro. And I actually had that idea before. For a while, I was on one where like, yeah, I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a kid. I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a, be a dad and shit. But the pro- the problem is, I ain't got the, I ain't got the. I'm also, you know, what I'm saying, I'm on that, you know, that art shit, that art, that gang art shit for life, gang gang. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a field, you know what I'm saying, and I used to think it didn't matter, I used to think you could be lit and make no money, but just have, you know, just, just give off all that potential creativity, and that would be enough, but that's not enough, bro, you gotta have that check if you're trying to, you trying to, you know what I'm saying, start the nuclear trot, um, with the lady partner, <laughs> I think, you know, so, so as I started to reckon, you know, I feel like ideologically, I, if you're trying to have a kid and you got the, you know, you got the fun, because listen, we all were created by people who decided to have kids, you know what I'm saying, just remember that, so, um, I'm getting a little preachy now, I'm sorry, getting a little preachy, but as I started reckoning with the fact that I probably won't be having a kid anytime soon, I started, I had that exact idea, bro, because I was like, the importance, we got to come back to a way of looking at each other as family like especially now as the idea of government is kind of being toppled the the idea of government is being a legitimate official empathetic um 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 source of aid for all of us i mean that was even killed with without trump if anything trump showed us or the, the 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 phenomenon of trump getting elected you know showed us that like how can people be legitimately trying to help everybody when they got campaign financing? Whatever. The point is, let's just stick with Trump. The fact that, he, you know, this, this shift in the election and all over the world, really, with different crazy-ass governments, the idea of other people, of some some daddy out there helping us, that shit's gone. So what does that mean? What's the basic governmental structure? It's family. It's family. Especially, you know, as I had this breakdown happening with my with my body. Bro. I used to never, never fuck with my family, extended family. I never called my uncle. Yo, what's up, uncle? I never used to do that, bro. I was on my own shit trying to be, yo. Then when your body breaks down, family coming out of the woodwork, like, we just want to help you, bro, your family. That shit moved me, bro. That's And I'm like, dude, I got to get myself right. So if, if, you know, a little young cousin, young nephew having issues, I could, I could uh, help them, you know? So that was motivating. It's still motivating. But look, if you don't have the family, I like this idea. We all out here, we all could use some fam, you know? So, uh, 
Yeah, maybe that is a good idea, actually. You know? Reaching out to all your... Yeah, looking at everybody is... Yeah, you know, I like that idea, actually. Looking at everybody is, as your fan, and you're helping out, you're looking out for... Sometimes I call, recently called the old homie. I hadn't talked to him in a minute, man. And I just thought I wanted to do a quick check and We ended up talking for an hour. You know, we didn't discover. We got a lot of similar similar trials and tribulations we've been going through. I don't know I'm trying to be all funny again. But you know what I'm saying? You notice other people going through stuff that you've been going through. And the only thing you can do is talk to them like family. Communicate. And then, are you serious, bro? Fucking street cleaner? Alright, alright. Let's go another way. We good. Um, so, um... Yeah, maybe that's a good idea. Um, I still don't think you should be you be knocking people for breeding. Well, whatever. Yeah, that's interesting. It's interesting. Um, she's really trying to get away from this idea of looking at her choice to not have a kid as a lack. As a lack versus just not a decision or of its own thing. You know what I'm saying? That's an idea... That's a, that's a major idea in a lot of stuff. To not look at... It's like, I want to say it's in like Deleuze or something. I would look at a thing, a thing... It's like, oh, you're not having a kid. It's like, no, no, I'm just... I'm just... I'm, he's a, I'm not not having a kid. I'm not not having a kid. She's just continuing to be her in her life. Um, which happens to continuing how she already is which happens to involve not the decision to not have a kid you know what I'm saying um 159 what is the main activity of a woman's life if not motherhood and how people look at it how can I express the absence of this experience without making central the lack you know the lack of a thing then you're always defined in relation to the thing can I say what such a life is an experience of not in relation to motherhood. Um, oh yeah, she even talks about uh, how should should there be a whole separate sexual orientation for women who don't want to have kids. This is interesting. I always felt jealous of the gay men I knew who spoke of having come out. I felt this before. I felt I would like to come out, too, but as what? I could never put my finger on it. I wanted to be able to say of myself, I have known this about myself since I was six years old. Some people were very condemning of me, but now I feel much better. I feel so much better since having come out. My life is truly my own. Then she goes on to say, why don't we understand some people who don't want children as those with a different, perhaps biologically different, orientation? Wanting to not have children could even be called a sexual orientation. For what is more tied to sex than the desire to procreate or not? Interesting, bro. But yeah, that idea. I don't I don't know exactly why that idea is relevant about about gay men coming out, but I yeah, I think I just had that feeling before. Like, damn bro. Every day I don't know what the fuck I'm doing or who I am, but like to have that certainty about you. Anyway, that's a little, sounds a little bit like sneak sneak shots at my at my gay friends. So I'm, I don't mean to say that. Um,
here's another part where I said, I said, nah, 178. I know what I want my old age to look like more than I know almost anything else. A simple home, a simple life, no one needing me for anything and not needing anyone the way I do now. If a person has children, there is worry till death. Uh, I don't know, bro. Like, you got a lot of stuff going for you now. You got a writing career. You got a loving partner. But if you solo dolo going to the sunset, you know, you got your little youngins, you got your grandkids coming to check on you. Also, I'm back home spending time with, you know, the moms. And it's really good, dude. It's really good. That's different. I don't get, I don't get annoyed about it. I'm just grateful. Trying to, try to do some activities, find some common ground, you know. Just like a random friend that you got to hang out with her, you know, for the Christmas time, for the holiday time. That feels really good, man. It's like sometimes your parents, a random person, you think sometimes the thing about parents is a ra- random people living and comp- grew up in different time eras with a super, you know, different. Um, their childhood was super different and random, and from, you know, from fucking 30 years prior and we connected randomly we trying to we trying to like like some friends you know you, you, you know do you know any you know it's like just any 20 something know some 50 year old something where they just randomly have a reason to try to be friends or try to connect with and text every now and then find common ground the things to talk about things to do That's, uh, it's bridging the generational gap you know what I'm saying anyway um but yeah, is there worry? So that maybe, see, maybe I'm on the other side. Maybe my mom is worrying about me because I'm over here getting fucked up, getting lit off the, the coffee, and you know what I'm saying, and all the all the various the, the rock cow powder. That's how I get lit now. I just fucking snort some rock cow. No, I don't snort it, but you know, hit that rock cow powder, a little maple syrup, some blueberries. You know what I'm saying? Blend it up in a little smoothie with some almond milk. Whew. That's how I'm getting it these days. But, um, yeah, but not needing, can we just say, I know I want my old age, a simple home, yeah, a simple life, no one needing me for anything and not needing anyone in the way. All right, she on the autonomy dream, you know, that's, that's what's up, that's what's up. Um, but then it kind of becomes a bummer at the end because, like, part of her epiphany is she just gets on some antidepressants. Nah, I, I don't, I'm not trying to. Everyone's got to do what they got to do, you know? But it seems a little nihilistic. Hmm. We're going to wind this scene down pretty soon. I'm just trying to give you an hour to lead into this 2019. I got I got books on deck. I'm going to post every week now. Nah, shit, I, ain't gonna, I was going to not say that so I don't set the precedent. Just do it. But, hey, I said it. Um... Getting back to Wilshire Ave, it's gonna get a little loud. Um, now let's loop up this. Let's get away from Wilshire. I was gonna post the last couple of days, but it got real windy soon. Um, finally, it's a non-windy day, but I feel like it's getting a little windy right now. So, um, I just say this is this is why this is one something why I like Fuel Heady a lot. Why I think she's lit as fuck. The way she sort of meta elements, not in a kind of like pretentious like ooh meta joke ooh, ooh, but just an interesting the way the process of the writing will be weaved into the writing will be woven woven woved into the writing itself you know what I'm saying she goes 
I know the longer I work on this book, the less likely it is I will have a child. Maybe that is why I'm writing it. To get myself to the other shore, childless and alone. This book is a prophylactic, you know, a birth control agent. That's funny, man. That's cool. And that kind of feels like what it is. Maybe that's why it gets so frantic at the end, because the energy is bubbling. The last 60 pages, page 201, page 180 to 260. Um, the last quarter of the book. The last trimester. Hey, you see what I did? Um, we're back by the street cleaner. I'm sorry. Just let this guy do his thing. It's 20th in California. But, um, yeah, so maybe that's why I get a little frantic at this. She's trying to get to the other side, you know what I'm saying? trying to get to the other side unafflicted with the with the child in her womb and um, she's kind of like am I really doing this you know what fuck breeding fuck all you sims maybe that's why it felt a little crazy you know um, but yeah that's also what I also like the, the reason why I like that idea is because yeah I'm just I guess I'm on kind of like a healing wellness tip right now but I'm just realizing how many... Because initially when I had the inflammation breakdown, I finally went to the conventional doctor and just got hit with some crazy internal steroids, bro. And suddenly I was perfectly fine. But I was still eating like shit, still doing everything shitty. I was like, oh, I'm good. I got the, got the roids. But then obviously I had a super bad, a worse relapse. So now I'm like trying to hit all... Hit all, you know, exercise. I've just been on that, like eating right, eating at the right, you know, like having, cultivating the discipline to eat when is best for your body, you know, exercising, what it does to your brain, uh, there's has exercise, um, just if you're talking about the autonomy dream that Sheila Hetty's talking about and all of us being crying children, this is the antidote, this is the antidote, it's about looking objectively at this unit, your body you have, it's you, that's you for this time, and getting it to your posture, breathing, and even this idea of rewiring detrimental pathways, neural pathways in your head. I mean, like, you think that this is you, you could be struggling, you could be fucked up over some, you know, some past shit. You know, you have this idea that you are this person that's got to get lit in this way and to whatever. That shit can change. You know what I'm saying? We can we change. We if but we have to. Anyway, I'm getting preachy right now. So what I'm saying is, I've been noticing how the whatever this this path to and sleep. So like I will hit like four out of five buttons. You know. And still, sleep is the last one. I know that once I get sleeping, right, I'll be, I'll be like, you know, I'll, whatever. I'll take another big stride in like my body healing and being um, most able to go into the world with, with uh, openness and autonomy. And with the autonomy, the ability to engage other people. But I've been noticing how multifaceted, how it's you got to hit all the different facets can't just get you know myopically obsessed with one thing and one of those things is writing and I just think of writing as getting away from it being so attached to this idea of art and looking at it as like a daily exercise or whatever um, so then when I read 
a line like that? What if this book is just my way of um, trying to not have a kid? That's that's fat. Like that's 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 what it's about, bro. It's about looking at it as a way. Not that everything has to be like therapeutic, cathartic, but it's like just keep asking the question that you need to ask through this exercise. You know, whether it's presentable or not. That's a that's an entirely different part of it. There's a right, you know, you go back, you can mine some old shit if you're in that mode, you're trying to, you feel like you want to share something, especially now, there's so many journals out there, it's like, it's not like, oh, I gotta make it, I need to get published, it's like, do I want to share this or not, you know, does this have a function for other people, um, so anyway, that's why I like that idea, um, four minutes left, did I finish all the threads on that? Yeah, so just how writing is a component that it demystifies the idea of writing, and uh, and uh, which is what all good writing should do in my book, in my unpublished, self-published book. <laughs> oh. Sorry, it's not rocking. In the early days of writing this book, I thought it would be a trick that I would write it. And it would tell me whether I wanted to have a child. You think you are creating a trick with your art, but your art ends up tricking you. Hey, that's lit. You know, you go in with your intention, but then you let that, you let that, you let that wave push you, push you this way and that. You know what I'm saying? And that's the beauty of it. Um, maybe I'll just scatter this book like ash in the world. As if publishing a book is like scattering ashes from an urn in the sea, in the forest, in a city, anywhere. Look at that, dude. So she's not putting art on a crazy high pedestal. Also, it's weird. She she loves she has a a strong baseline idea of the importance of art to push against certain certain things. And I, I, I'm actually right on base with her. That doesn't mean you think that the art object is like some some like some thing that's higher than life. She wants it to be scattered. She looks at publishing like just scattering the ashes. The actual act of publishing, not burning the book and scattering it. Just publishing is like letting that manuscript just be fucking scattered like ash. That's beautiful. That's that's uh, I like that a lot. Oh, that's the last quote. That's the last quote. Um, that's 276. That's around the end of the book. That's the last quote in the chronology of my quotes. Um, I'm going to find one more and then I'll wrap it up. So, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Okay. So, there's the last... Okay, this is the last idea I wanted to uh, talk about. Um, instruction going on. So yeah, my favorite takeaway from this book, well, it's not a takeaway, because I, okay, I feel like I had this idea for a long time before everything came crashing down. I guess it's the end of the year, so I'm sort of thinking about things like in in a self-narrativistic way, a narrative way of like my last couple years and like what I, what what what's transpired and where I'm trying to go, you know what I'm saying? But I used to have this idea in my early 20s where like... Okay, so, you know, everyone's out here, you know, fighting for their causes, yelling, yelling at people, trying, okay, and I'm not trying to be condescending, but, 
everyone's out here obsessed with the power structures taking down the power which is which is actually the effect of it is good because it's like you know mixing up who's who's holding whatever but every, but but in terms of how it affects every individual it's like this idea of taking back the power i always thought of that as a flawed idea because and i hear about well how much am i going to get into this right now i'll just i'll just poke my head into it um there's a critique of like you know millennial millennial social justice uh, um, social justice millennial people post who are part of this postmodern idea of everything uh, in everything in the world and in society being reduced to power that's a critique of a lot of these people uh, by, by you know that, that everything is obsessed with power, so everyone wants to take back the. And, and a lot of people do have that idea who are of that kind of uh, that ilk, you know what I'm saying? But um, I actually think this is a misunderstanding. It's like it's like everything. There is a hierarchical aspect to social to the social uh, structures that are based in power. But the misunderstanding that people have, both the critiques of the social justice postmodern types who say that that's what postmodernism is saying, that's all reduced to power, and of, the, of some highly militant social justice types themselves who think that they are changing the system by violently seizing the, the power from those most in power. It's a misunderstanding on both sides because if you're trying to take the power um, from the extant sources, like this is what Foucault would say, like you are not changing anything. You are simply shuffling around who's holding the power, but the but the hierarchy state remains in place. Does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? Oh, you think you're going to be the one? You don't you don't bring your perspective into the place of power. The place of power defines you. It's it's a basic understanding of like whether people are inherently good or evil. The idea is that you are inherently good, and those people in power are inherently evil. So actually, the subversive way, um, or the, or the way to subvert, like the problem is that the, these hierarchies are, in some senses, so rigid. Maybe they're not. Maybe people are just choosing to look at them like that. But in a way, they are. So the way to throw a wrench into that, this is what Foucault would say too all the Foucault that basic social justice warriors didn't read actually take the time to read sorry, uh, whatever, I'm just using that phrase but do you know what I'm saying, like people who think that by grabbing the anyway, the power that you'll be changing something the way to subvert it is to find little cracks so within so that the rigidity of every step in the hierarchy is less um, defined so that could mean like different linguistic hierarchies of hierarchies of speech or hierarchies of presentation or, you know, little glitches in the system where that doesn't belong on that sphere, but then, oh, it is in that sphere, so that that's part of that sphere too. Oh, I'm getting more confused about what conveys more social capital, social power. You know, that that's, that's how you subvert it. But in order to do that, 
in order to do that, you have to sort of renounce the chase to climb that hierarchy in the hierarchy. So what am I saying? Is this is this clear? So in order to do that, there's an element of of a self-imposed failure as seen by society. So if you're just trying to climb the hierarchy, take the power from someone higher up, you know, you are trying to, you are actually just essentially um, reiterating that that power structure. You are showing, you are participating in that power structure. You are validating that hierarchy. You're saying, yes, it is better to have more of this stuff and have more control in this domain. And I want that. If people stopped wanting that, that would change. And people wanted different things, that would that that would subvert the but in, that would subvert the the legitimacy of that hierarchy. Um, I'll talk about this more in a later one if this doesn't make any sense. <clears throat> but in order to look at a hierarchy and go, nah, I don't want those. I don't want those things. I'm gonna. I'm gonna want different things. Um, and then that 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 other pe- people don't recognize as having higher social value. If it really is something that other people don't recognize as high, as having higher social value it will be perceived by other people as a failure. You're a loser, you're a failure. No, but, you know what I'm saying? So, and the problem with this is, this this type of, so this used to be a thing I would think a lot. Um, but it's very difficult to do that and only rely on yourself. You know, if you got a, you got some close friends or some, you know, a partner who's telling you, you're doing the right thing, babe. You're doing the right thing, boo. You can get the satisfaction of being on a different wave than everybody else without actually the the social ostracization or the isolation of being on a completely different wave than everybody else. You know, say you don't want to pursue, you realize everyone's trying to pursue, you know, some conventional idea of like success. It could be a, a whip, um, a fine lady, you know what I'm saying, access to to, you know, a house with a fence. You're like, nah, I'm not gonna pursue that. The next thing you know, you know what I mean? You're out here in these streets, you know? And then, if they, if you ain't got, you know, someone nearby, to, so like I was kind of fakely on that vibe because I had people I was relying on who kind of told me um, that what I was doing was right. So basically that idea, I kind of like nixed that idea. I was like, nah, bro, you're tripping. Just do what, just do, do what you gotta do to be okay for yourself so then you could, you know, I was just kind of like, that's a lame idea. Sheila Hetty brought that up, idea of, this idea of embracing failure and failure being something that is only your own. That has to do with her decision to not have a kid. You know what I'm saying? This is very deep. This is very deep shit right here. Oh, there's also a whole part where she goes into tarot cards. Fuck, I forgot to talk about that. Um, I'll end on a quick thought on that. So basically... Alright, failure. Dude, are you...
you serious? This is literally like the one quote that I was. She says, maybe failure is the new avant-garde. Here we go. On failure. What if I pursue being a bad woman and don't breed? Pursue failing biologically. What if I pursue failure, bro? Where is the realm of privacy? Only in failure. Only in our failures are we absolutely alone. Only in the pursuit of failure can a person really be free. <laughs> Losers may be the avant-garde of the modern age, page 113. Okay, that's wild. That's almost exactly what the idea is. Because the depth of the idea is if you're actually doing it, no one else can understand why you're doing it. This is like a very, in a weird way, it's like sort of like a Christ idea. It's like a Christian idea in some ways. You know? But the point is, people... No, you can, it's like, it's so difficult to actually, you, to pursue failure, where, you, get, you guys get that? Where is the realm of privacy? Only in failure. The only thing that is truly your own is if you're pursuing something that no one else understands. Anyway, interesting idea. I'm going to let it sit with that. I'm trying to get too much into that. I'm already over 10 minutes. So yeah, that's, that's, um, that, that idea had kind of left me. But it's kind of, uh, and I don't know, what does failure mean? In this realm is failure. I still think it's good to try to, that can devolve into a type of masochism, a type of like self-harm, uh, a nihilistic self -harm. I'm kind of just not on any nihilistic waves anymore, you know? I'm trying to be on that positive tip. We got this body, it's a gift. We got this time, we got these relationships. Let's, let's get them firing optimally, you know what I'm saying? But nonetheless, I like that. Yo, she's saying, you don't have to understand why I don't want to have a kid. Maybe you never will. And maybe that's why I was responding that way. I'm like, I don't understand you. Why You seem bummed out. You seem bitter at all these people. Why don't you just have a fucking kid? But she's like, bro, I don't give a fuck what you think, dude. And you won't, you won't understand it. This is something only I know about. So that's really beautiful. And along that same vein... She's doing these questions, these I Ching questions. There's an old process in the I Ching, when they're like, um, which is an old Chinese text that, uh, the oldest Chinese text that is almost like a, um, like a life manual and vice manual, or almost like a religious text. But there's a thing you do where you ask a question, you flip a coin three times, two heads is yes, two heads, two or three heads is no, yes two or three tails is no or something like that and she's asking all these questions and answering with the coins and then later she goes to a tarot reader and she trans shows images of her tarot cards these are both unrational ways explicitly unrational mystical ways of looking at things she's including it in a text so that's another thing it's like sometimes things don't have to be rationalized sometimes you operate in the irrational space and that's what she's pushing it to. So, yeah. Glad I read this book. Um, she doesn't have a kid. I probably won't have a kid anytime soon. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm about to pull out. I'm about to pull out right now. Speaking of not having a kid, we have 111, 111, Gang One Story House. 
Um, oh yeah, what else was I going to say? Oh yeah, weekly episodes of books that I'm reading in this lecture type format. But um, um, I'm reading also, okay, what else am I reading right now? I'm reading Welbeck's Plat. So yeah, if anyone wants to read or is reading any of these and wants to talk about it, um, be done with them. Then hit me up uh, and we'll talk about it. But I'm reading, uh, okay, I'm about 700 pages into My Struggle, book six of like 1200 so if anyone's on that hardcover uh diane williams collected stories i'm reading those um uh, welbeck's platform i can't stop i gotta finish the whole uber i'm i have five out of seven done so i'm gonna keep reading welbeck that's his third book um platform by michelle welbeck um what else am i reading um Marshall McLuhan, The Media and the Message, but I have someone on my podcast with that about. Um, yeah, I can't... Fuck, what else? Uh, Alright, that's all I can think about for right now. I know I'm reading more books, but... Um, yeah, I don't want, want to talk about... Yeah, so I'm going to keep dropping the apps weekly uh, on my own, but I'd love to talk to anyone. I already said it a million times. If you want to talk to me, hit me up about a book. Very basic premise. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah. Sometimes you gotta fail. Or, you know what? I'm not trying to sum it up in some bullshit. Sheila Heidi, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing great. I love your shit. Um, 2019. Remember, we got new neural pathways we can make. Love your body, bro. Love your body. Don't, you know? Maybe that's the basis of Sheila Hetty. It's like a self-love. I ain't, I ain't trying to have a kid right now. I'm not, I gotta just gotta do me. Gotta work on myself. Get myself right. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, cool. Signing out. At ST Conroe on uh, Twitter. Sean T. Conroe on uh, Instagram. OneStoryHouse.com. OneStoryPod. iTunes. Subscribe and rate that shit. You know what I'm saying? Get them ratings up. Just dropped the voice recorder. This is over. Peace out. Signing out.